and welcome to this week's episode of No Flags on the Field with Duke Thompson. I am your host, of course, Duke Thompson. Now, I continue this series that I've been talking about with you guys, Hall of Fame players from the 90s. We're going to concentrate on a very special player, dear to my heart and dear to many Chiefs fans who just won the Super Bowl just this year. I'm sure the true Chiefs fans were remembering the name of Derek Thomas, who helped pretty much rejuvenate the Chiefs to be known as a defensive team, which we've known them throughout. Now, today I have a very special guest, a true Chiefs fan, through and through. If you cut him, I'm sure he'll bleed. Gold what, red? Red, oh. red and gold, yes, yes. Yes, uh, yes. His name is John B. Easy Donnell. He is co-host of the podcast, The Ricky Williams Trilogy, Money Mouth, and I Am D.B. Weed. Probably the most unknown, greatest young comedian coming out of Hollywood today. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you, Duke, for those kind words that you said about me before uh, for the uh, the intro, or for the intro, excuse me. Well, yes, um, you can just go ahead and make that check out to Duke Thompson later. I'd appreciate that. Then. Well, you know, some people say it is, some people say it's not. But, All right. No, man, we're here to talk about Derek Thomas tonight. Very special player from the 90s. Um, I remember him because I was a Chiefs fan. That's when I started becoming a football. You were a diehard Chiefs fan back in the day, man. Um, tell me about you. How you remember Derek Thomas, man? Well, first off, I mean, I still love the Chiefs through and through. That is my team and will always be my team, mainly because of Derek Thomas. As a young man, I, you know, was very, very in love with the game of football. Uh, I was born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a state that is very known for football. Uh, You know, way back when Bear Bryant was running things, and now you've got Nick Saban carrying on the dynasty that was put in place by Bear Bryant. And we're talking about in between that time period, there was still football that was being played. And one guy who was playing football for the University of Alabama was a guy by the name of Derek Thomas. Now, when he was playing, I was still a little too young to really know who he was, but I knew he was playing for the team that I was rooting for. Right. That's right. That's so then he makes it into the pros and starts tearing it up. I mean, from the beginning. And I didn't really have a team because growing up in Nashville, there was no team. You know, there's now the Tennessee Titans, but I mean, back in my childhood, I think the closest team might've been the Atlanta Falcons. I think that might've been it. And, you know, I wasn't going to be a Falcons fan. And, you know, I had my father who was a Philadelphia Eagles fan because that's where he grew up, but that wasn't for me, you know? So I had to, had to make my own path in life and my own path was following a guy that I guess was close to my heart because he was a player from Alabama, you know, where I was born in Tuscaloosa. So I was like, yo, I'm going to follow this guy because why not? He's amazing. Now, granted, at the same time, football was now being a part of in-home entertainment by the way of video games. And so anytime I was playing, I would love playing as the Chiefs because all you needed was Derek Thomas and you were pretty much shutting down the other team's offense. And I always believed a great defense 
makes an even better offense. And when you have a defensive player like Derek Thomas, you're going to definitely create a little bit of offense. I mean, I believe you told me he had four touchdowns in his career. Is that what you said? Uh, yes. He had four uh, fumble returns for touchdowns. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was explosively fast. Oh, yes. But uh, speaking of speaking of making an impact earlier in his career, as a second-year player, it was November the 12th, 1990, the Chiefs were playing the Seahawks to where he set one of the most spectacular performances by a defensive tackle in NFL history, which still stands today by sacking the quarterback seven times. Right. Now, this was probably when I was – really getting into football. I, I mean, I was, I was probably about six and I just started to, at that point in time, realize that sports happened during certain seasons, right? Like you didn't like know what was going on really. Cause you know, the world was still new. So here we are, I'm about seven years old and I'm starting to kind of really understand what's going on. And again, being a, a Chiefs fan, you know, and I'm watching these games and then, you know, enjoying what you know the games that I'm getting a chance to see, and now we have a game where DT Derek Thomas sacks the quarterback seven times. Now this is when things were different in the structuring of divisions, uh, because this is back when the Seahawks would play the Chiefs on a regular basis, which doesn't happen at all anymore. Because when, when the Seahawks were the AFC West, correct? Yeah. So all that has changed. It's so funny because you know, again, I have video games from the past that have. You know, all the different, you know, divisions structured much differently than they are today. But either way, man, it was a game in which, you know, he was just all over the place like he always was. Like, I mean, if you ever watched him play, I mean, he was a menace and you could always see him moving like you can just tell. I mean, he was always moving quickly, faster and just so powerful and again, got seven sacks in a game which they unfortunately lost it. Um, that was the heartbreaker. Um, you know, I, as good as the Chiefs were back in my youth, you know, with players like DT, um, Marcus Allen was on the team. You know, you had Joe Montana for a little while coming over and playing for us in the 90s. And, you know, there's all these guys that you thought would come together and put together a Super Bowl championship. And, man, we couldn't even get into the AFC championship. So, like, things things were rough for us, man. Things were rough. But we made a lot of playoff appearances. You know, we were there a lot and still consistently get there a lot. It was just, you know, getting those playoff victories. I was always tough. But we finally got over that hump this year. Well, I mean, it took us 50 years. Well, Derek Thomas had such an impact because prior to his arrival at Kansas City, the team had just made one playoff appearance since 1971. So in 11 years, Thomas anchored that defense. The Chief finished first or second in the AFC West 10 times, made seven playoff appearances, and won three division titles. So, uh, lucky for me, that was before I even knew what was going – like I, didn't, I knew none of that when I became a Chiefs fan. Like I didn't know the past. I just knew what I was seeing as the present, you know. Because my family – yeah, without him, man, you could be the Browns now. Well, I mean, they, I mean, I guess that's possible, yes. But, you know, my family didn't understand why I chose the team because I guess in, they knew that the Chiefs were never any good. You know, at least they hadn't been good in a long time. And they're like, how did our son, first off, pick the Kansas City Chiefs as his team 
you know, and secondly, you know, why is he such a diehard fan for this team that he's never seen played in the actual stadium in which they play in? Because, you know, they're like, we don't go to Kansas City. Heck, I've never even been to the city before, but I knew what I liked, and I liked a good defensive player. And, man, DT was amazing out there. I mean, just he was all over the place. And then, again, any video game, I would play as the Chiefs because he was one of, one of, if not the best player in the whole game. Oh, yes. This is back at the time when, I mean, many people are listening uh, at my age and your age, remember the bright AstroTurf green of Arrowhead Stadium where it was hard as a rock and bodies just bounced off that field like it was concrete. I mean, I mean, this is a different time in football different altogether. Time. I mean, it, yes. And, I mean, this is when people were hitting – and hitting with malice, you know, I mean, DT, I mean, I'm not going to talk ill of the dead, but I mean, the man hit, it seemed like to hurt someone, you know, like that's how hard he was hitting. And he would come in with that kind of recklessness, which I enjoyed watching. You know, it's hard to see that kind of recklessness now, you know, because you have to have a very controlled rage. Otherwise flags are flying and, you know, fines are being dropped down from Roger Goodell. So, I mean, the game is completely different than it was then because, you know, you hit somebody so hard that they, you know, spun through the air five times. That made the highlight reel. But if you do that now, you know, you're seen as a pariah, you know. And this thing that um, my series No Flags and Field like to address is the difference between a football in the 90s when we grew up and now. It's just like back then, you know, the kickers had one little – little face mask bar to protect the little face they had like, oh yeah i mean they they, they only gave them a helmet as, as show as show you know what i mean like defensive tackle like the they had the big neck pad the back for defensive tackles you just hit harder back then and like nobody cared it even feel like it was rough for the passer back then i don't know what um, but i don't i don't think there i think there was like you could i think you still couldn't hit them in the head or something but yeah there weren't as many rules for the quarterback as there are now i mean now you can't hit them below the knee because of tom brady you know now you can't you know hit them too close to the head because of like many quarterbacks and then also you can't grab them a certain way because of the way that aaron Rodgers got hurt you know like it's just there's all kind like you can't like I guess drive them into the ground. That's more of what it, that's what I mean by that. Uh, Cause you can tackle them, but you can't tackle them too roughly because <laughs> that's going to get you a penalty. So, you know, there's just, the game is completely different, man. I mean, you know, they might as well be running around with a red Jersey on like, don't hit me. Cause you know, it's practice, but it's, it's practice, man. Um, just a few stats about him. He was six, three, 243 pounds. Drafted fourth overall, the 89 draft. So you would have been about six years old. Yep, I was six. You know, again, at that point, I'm just starting to figure out what football is and when it's happening and stuff like that. So, he, and I mean, he came off the team also that beat uh, Miami, you know, for that. Uh... Oh, wait, no, no, no. No, that's a different team. Never mind. But either way. <laughs> I think I think that was the team after he got drafted. Yes, uh, defensive rookie of the year, of course, led the NFL with a team record of twenty sacks, including seven NF, including an NFL record of seven sacks in one game, 
named to nine Pro Bowls, accumulated the most sacks in the NFL in the 1990s, recorded 126.5 sacks, all NFL three times, all AFC seven times. He was born in 1967, January 1st. Unfortunately, died February 8th at on 2000 at age 33. Still, um, still could have been playing. He was probably close to retirement. I'm going to say he probably had at that time period. You're usually checking out around 36, 35 if you're playing in the middle linebacker or linebacker position like he was. He probably would have. He probably would have left in three years. Uh, two or three, but unfortunately he passed away before he had that chance. Unfortunately, he was involved in a serious car accident. I believe he was trying to make the, uh, I think it was the NFC game, the playoffs, because he had tickets to it, and he was trying to make it. It was snowing in Kansas City, which you know and I know Kansas City can get pretty nasty when it snows. Actually, I don't think that's where he died, do you? No, he did die. He died. He got in a car crash in Kansas City. Was in the hospital for a few days. Uh, was paralyzed from the from the leg with him a hit down. Mm. And unfortunately, got a blood clot in his leg a few days later, and died on February the eighth. Which I mean, if you want to if you want to see a tearjerker, mm, go back and watch the my, the pro life with Derek Thomas and his mother speaking about it. Just just breaks your heart, man. Just amazing, amazing character, amazing guy. Um, was of course already a Hall of Famer by like year five. I mean, he just was going to wait for his time to go in. Was finally enshrined in two thousand and nine. Um, one of my favorite quotes I found from him said, "To me, a sack could be described as a play with a plot." You have ups and downs, and then all of a sudden, it's drawn to a conclusion. Everybody's in suspense. It's building, it's building, and boom, you have her hero, Derek Thomas. Just play with the passion of the game, which is amazing. I encourage anybody to go to YouTube, look at the highlights, especially against the Seahawks. I mean, he just dominated that game. Not for one man now, just to dominate the way he did back in the 90s was just amazing. Well, he did it multiple times. I mean, we, he even had another game where he had six sacks. I mean, he almost tied his own record. Tied his own record. Almost beat his own record. I don't. Well, know. I mean, he would have to have gotten eight to beat it. But he, I mean, he almost. T- I mean, to have if he had two different games where he had seven sacks, I mean, he would have been seen. I mean, on a whole different scale, you know. Uh, I mean, he's to me, he's up there with uh, LT, Reggie White, all those guys. You know, I mean. Just brutally honest, just smacking the head. Just, just brutal, man. I mean, just I know the defense. They defensive backs nowadays are faster, stronger. But man, that raw pile that Derek Thomas had was quite amazing, man. Quite uh, I mean, amazing. I mean, he made it so that we now have people like you know Nick Bolsa, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, he he basically has that kind of explosion but he's doing it from the line whereas Derek I mean Derek sometimes would come on the line don't get me wrong I remember sometimes when he would line up on the line I was like oh man like he's that strong like he can do that but you know either way dude like and he was he was one of the prototypical players that we have now 
that fast kind of lineup anywhere attack type of like you said of Nick Boza, you know. So he was yeah. rev- he revolutionized his position quite much. Yeah, he did. He did. If he had better hands, dude, he would have been uh, just the best that ever oh, played the game. Because unfortunately, he only had one interception his entire yeah, he'd career. Get, he'd get his hands in the way, though. He'd get but, his yeah. Hands- that yeah, was before, you know, they, they, cause back to they just made not, not that ball down, you know, it wasn't more yeah. of catching it cause a tip ball can just happen, but they just knocked that crap down. And he was a disturbance, man. And he was just one of the greatest of all time. And many people would never see him play, unfortunately. He lives on YouTube now and just the memories of fans and Chiefs fans everywhere. And I'm sure they were thinking about him when they won the Super Bowl this year. Because oh man, I definitely like, was, and I was thinking about all the the old timers, you know, Christian Okoye, you know, Dante Hall, uh, Priest Holmes, uh, you know, goodness, who else can I mean? I mean, I was gonna kind of think about Joe Montana, but he already got his rings in San Francisco, so he was fine. But you know, Trent Green's out there, man. Heck, you know, I even felt a little bad for Matt Castle stealing money from us, you know, but. Either way, dude. You know? <laughs> yes, uh, Matt Castle did get traded with one of my with my head coach Mike Vrabel for two players for a second round pick, which uh Matt Castle was coming off the most incredible um Tom Brady season and then I guess Belichick saw what he really was worth and that was a second round pick with Mike Vrabel. So Yeah. Hey, you know what? I mean he did he did pretty good and Vrabel did all right for us while he was there too I mean that's why I mean I have no problems with the Titans because you know again they're from Nashville and they have a former chief coaching it um so I mean it's fine Blue man put on that jersey man anybody puts on that chief's jersey understands what it means to be a chief through and through um one of the greatest I would say organizations in the league right now totally underappreciated for many, 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 many years. Um, they finally got their due. Now all the bandwagon people are jumping on acting like they've been there before. But I tonight you got to hear a true Chiefs fan through and through, struggle with the team, love the team. And if you cut him right now, it would bleed golden red. I mean, I didn't even tell you about my piggy bank that it was Derek Thomas. Oh, you had a piggy bank. Yes, tell us about that before we leave. (laughs) I mean, I just – my mom got it for me, I think, one year for Christmas. She just got me a Derek Thomas piggy bank. It it was just a cheese piggy bank, but on the top it had a Derek Thomas card on it. So it was like – even though it was mostly like a cheese piggy bank, they like went out of their way to put a Derek Thomas card on it, so it made it more like a Derek Thomas piggy bank. So that's why she got it for me. And I did believe that the Chiefs did retire his jersey, number 58. Oh, yeah. I mean, easily so. I mean, why not, man? I mean, again, he was he was going to be a retired number either way, even without his passing, you know? Exactly. Um, and he is, I believe, as part of the Ring of Honor um, on the Chiefs Stadium. And he has just been a special, special player, truly a Hall of Famer from the very beginning. Uh, just many people nowadays will say the name Doug Thomas and passing on ESPN, but people don't really know who he was. I encourage anybody out there listening, go to YouTube and just check out the YouTube highlights of 
Derek Thomas, man. Um, check out Chris Berman. Get excited about him. Talk about the seven game stack. Watch the documentary <laughs> on him. Just appreciate like defense wins championships, man. Like John said, uh, a great defense is also a great offense too. So, and I uh, would like to say thank you, John, for coming on the show and sharing your memories with Derek Thomas. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. And you can also too catch us together in the future on the Ricky Williams trilogy, Money Mouth, and also John also has a side podcast. Who's a movie critic with IMB Weed? Did I say it correct? Yeah, IMD Weed. IMD Weed. Yes, yes. Well, he <laughs> reviews movies in the state of mind that movies should be reviewed in, stoned as hell. Yeah, dude, I mean, good times, man. Just saw Birds of Prey. Might have a special comedic guest coming up here in the future. I'm not sure, but uh, he's been on a few TV shows, uh, one of which was a show called Superstore. So maybe I'll get him on. We're, we'll see. Oh, we'll see. Uh, excited about that, then, my friend. Yeah, dude. Um, yes, you can find me on my Twitter handle, Duke Thompson12. I will be tweeting out. In the future, trying to learn how to do that Twitter stuff. You can find us also to our social media, our YouTube channel, the Fumbaruski, um, the Ricky Williams trilogy, and all over the place. And so, thank you. Good night. Go Titans. <laughs>